For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires cling to the one whose heart Amen. Open your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 7 and verse number 1 as will be today as we're going through the book of Corinthians and this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth and he was writing to answer some questions. He is writing to set some things straight. Uh, he is writing to encourage them. He's writing on many different levels, but mainly the Apostle Paul is writing to them to point them down the right path. And I'm here to tell you that this is just as much to you as it was to them. Amen. All scripture is profitable, the Bible says, for instruction, for truth and righteousness. So as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1. The Bible says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Paul here is writing, he says, having therefore these promises what promises we have the promises of god amen we even sing songs about it we have many great hymns of the faith about the promises of god you can stand on and believe in and put your faith in the promises of god god said i will never leave you nor forsake you you can put your faith in that promise there are so many promises in god's word And so here Paul is talking about cleansing himself. Now, we know God alone can cleanse from sin. But here's the thing. You must be willing to receive the cleansing and to walk in the light day by day, every day. I'm going to say that again. God is the only one that forgives sins. But you, Christian, you unsaved person, must be willing to accept it and to walk in the truth and to receive what Jesus has done, what God has done for you, and be willing to walk in the light day by day, every day. Even though the work is already done, you must receive it. Thank God for the work that Jesus did on that cross, that he didn't just die on the cross. The Bible says he laid down his life and that he was buried and he rose again the third day. 
and that he descended into the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And I'm here to tell you, do not put your faith in something or someone that cannot raise their own self from the dead. And Jesus is the only one that defeated death, hell, and the grave. How can someone give you eternal life when they cannot save their own life? Jesus, listen to me, Jesus defeated death. Jesus defeated hell. The Bible says that he has power over it. He has the keys to it. Amen. And that's why I know I can put my faith and trust in him and the finished work on the cross. Do not believe in something. Do not believe in someone who cannot even save their own life. But Jesus can give you eternal life. He is the only one that has ever defeated death. He is the only one that ever had the power to raise himself from the grave amen the moment you get saved that same power moves in and resides in you it's called the holy spirit amen that same resurrection power can save you thank god for that now listen to me christian you've got to be you've got to be willing he says listen having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I'm here to tell you, listen to me. God is love, but the fear, the fear of God. And you say, well, that, that doesn't sound like God. Well, that's, you can make up your own God all you want. You can dream up any kind of God you can imagine. Doesn't mean they're real, but the one true living God, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord and when you start to understand how big, how holy, how mighty, how righteous, God truly is, and you start to give get a reverential awe of how mighty and how powerful and how holy God truly is. The Bible says that you're starting like getting a glimpse of knowledge. You're getting a fear of the Lord. Listen to me. Fear is a good thing. Yes, I said that. You heard me correct. I'm going to say it again. Fear is a good thing. You know what stops you from getting electrocuted? Fear. You know what stops you from sticking your finger in a light socket? Fear. You know what stops you from getting burned and placing your hand on a hot stove or in a campfire? Fear. You see, fear is a good thing. Fear of lightning makes you want to run inside the house and hide. Fear, when you look at it in that aspect, is a very good thing, is it not? It will save your life and it will save you some from pain. And it is the same when you truly fear God. It'll save your life. You'll put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it'll save you some pain because you'll be fearful. You won't want to be around sin. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that near me. I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to talk like that no more. I don't want to go there no more. I don't want to drink that no more. I don't want to watch that no more. And I don't want to say that no more. That's the fear of the Lord showing you that, hey, that's not only bad for me, it's bad because I'm doing it in, the, in front of a thrice holy God. And he knows everything about me, every fiber of my being. So the Bible really, listen to me, even though God gives you the power to do it, the work in doing it, the act of your will is what I'm trying to say, is upon you. Paul says, let us cleanse ourselves. 
How do we do that? How do we cleanse ourselves? How do we keep ourselves from filthiness of the flesh like the Bible's talking about? Well, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 9 tells you exactly how that you, Christian, can do that. And he says in 1 John 1, 7 through verse number 9, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the qualifier. First part of verse number seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. So if I walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, if I keep the filthiness of the flesh out of my life, the Bible says not only will I be right with God, I'll be right, right with my brethren and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it says. We have fellowship one with another. But I tell you what sin does. It allows strife. It allows bickering and bitterness and backbiting and hurting and pain and suffering and clawing and all kinds of filthy things. Why? Because listen to me, I don't it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It does not matter how much you know about the Bible. It does not matter how many verses that you can quote, how many chapters you can quote from memory. It does not matter how many facts you know about Bible history. Let me tell you what matters when it comes to that by walking in the light. It is when you take that, what you know about Scripture, and you apply it to your life, your heart, your, and your mind, and your words, and your work. That's what matters. Because I've seen many Christians who've been saved many years who know a thousand times more than I'll probably ever know about the Bible fall into sin like you wouldn't believe. And how could that happen? And I am not condemning them. I love them, and I believe they're good people. But if you read the Bible, even some of God's greatest soldiers messed up sometimes. Why? Because we're humans. We still have that sinful human nature about us. And if we're not careful, if we don't keep it in check, if we don't walk in the light, if we do not apply what we already know to our life, Amen. You can slide off deeper in sin than you ever dreamed or ever thought that you could have. Because listen to me, a saved person can do anything that an unsaved person can do except for go to hell. That's right. You can do anything. You could commit all kind of vile, vicious, terrible, horrible things. Have a horrible thought life. Have, do horrible things. You'll go further in sin than you ever dreamed because that sinful nature is still there, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me. You have got to walk in the light. You have got to apply the scripture that you know to your life. And I tell you, I'm so guilty of this. I'll just put it right out there. I'm so guilty of this that sometimes I don't take the time to really get on my face and spend time with God. 
I get so busy, I get caught up with the family life and ministry and church or work or this or that or, or even doing pleasurable things that I get so tied up in such a hurry that I don't take the time to fall on my face before a thrice holy God. And usually what happens is I start getting frustrated and wound up and things aren't going right and I get aggravated and agitated. But there's such a difference in my walk when I take the time to do what the Bible says, that I stop and I cleanse myself and I ask God for forgiveness and I get close to God and I want to fellowship with Him and walk and talk with Him and spend time with Him and listen to Him and apply what He says to my life. Oh my, how much better my day is. Oh my, how much smoother my day goes. Oh my how much less aggravation and agitation that I feel in my heart, my mind, and my body. Why? Because I'm close to God. I'm doing what the Bible says. I'm walking in the light as He is in the light. And not only that, I'm even closer with my fellow Christians. We think more like because we're thinking more God-like. Amen? I'll say that again. We start to think more like because we're thinking more God-like, more thinking more biblically like-minded. Amen? Why we have a fellowship one with another, the Bible says, when you cleanse yourself, when you walk in the light as He is in the light. And listen to me, there is nothing better for us. There's nothing that brings more peace and harmony in your life. There is nothing better that will help you rest like when you're truly walking with God, because you know what? If I have a heart attack in the next minute, it's okay. I'm going to be with the Lord. If I get diagnosed with cancer tomorrow, it's okay. God's going to take care of my family, and I'm going to be with the Lord. Now, listen, I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to die today. But if I do, I have peace about it. Why? Because I know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that when I close my eyes here, I'll lift up my eyes in heaven. I'll be forever be with the Lord. And God God is in control. God can send someone to look out for my family. God can take care of my family. Amen. I believe that beyond the shadow of a doubt. Why? Because I have seen it over and over and over. God is faithful. Verse number one tells you, having therefore these promises... You open up the Bible and every page in the Bible's got a promise in it. You can find one somewhere. Put your faith in that promise. Write your name beside it. Claim it. Own it. I'm not talking about what some of these prosperity preachers say where they, they blab it and grab it and all that other garbage. No, sir, no, ma'am. I'm talking about what's God really God what God really cares about, and that's what's in your heart. God's not concerned about what's in your wallet. God is concerned about what's in your heart. You keep that in mind when you listen to a preacher or you watch a preacher on TV or you hear a preacher on the radio. God cares about what's in your heart, not so much what's in your wallet. The only thing God really cares about what's in your wallet is what you're going to give to him. Amen? Don't listen to these prosperity preachers. The Bible says, remove yourself from them. Turn it off. Run away. It's a bunch of junk. It's garbage. That's right. It's a bunch of fluffing stuff, as I would say. It's meaningless. It's pointless. And it's absolutely hopeless. Why? Because it's a lie. But I'm going to tell you what. When a preacher stands up and he says, open your Bible to this person, and this passage, that's because that preacher wants you to see it for yourself. And once he wants you to he wants you to take that promise and apply it to your life. He wants you to be able to look that up after he's long gone or you've went home. And you can look up that passage again and say, yep. I know what that says now. I know what that means. I can see it for myself. What God's word 
says amen i tell you it worries me when you go to church and nobody's carrying a bible that worries me slapped to death i wonder what in the world are they reading are they only reading what's on the screen man i want to see it for myself i want to know what god says do i believe the preacher sure i do but i want to see it from my own eyes and here's the thing if any preacher's worth his salt he's going to want you to see it too he's going to want you to have your own bible he's going to want you to open up the god's word and read it and heed it and apply it to your life amen Look with me now in our next verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 2. Paul says, receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I tell you, that's saying a lot right there. That's something that maybe none of us could even say. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. And he's talking about there the church at Corinth. And Paul's saying, receive us. In other words, open your hearts to us. We've done no wrong. We've not done anything for you to withhold your love and your affection from us. We've not done anything to take advantage of anyone. We've not tried to corrupt anyone or defraud anyone. Paul simply wanted to give them the truth. That way they could live and walk in the truth and he says receive us and before we look down on them and say well, why, why wouldn't they receive the apostle paul how many times has a preacher stood up and you judged him for what he was wearing or the watch that he was carrying or the shoes that he had on or the belt that he was wearing or the type of tie that he had or where he was from or what color he was or how he's how he speaks or what kind of accent he has how many times have you judged a preacher on that instead of what he preaches about God's holy word? Hey, because we can apply that to our life, Christian. Receive us. He's done us no wrong. He's trying to simply give us God's word, something that's good for us, light for our life. Amen. And that's what Paul's saying here. Receive us. We've loved you. We've cared for you. Open our hearts. Open your hearts to us. We want the best for you because we want what God has for you. And that's what any good preacher will want. He'll want what God has for you. Amen. Verse number three, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number three. I speak not this to condemn you. For I have said before that ye are in our hearts to die and live with you it's good to know that you're on somebody's heart isn't it it's good to know that somebody's praying for you it's good to know that somebody cares about you and wants the best for you and wants you to walk with the lord nothing paul has said or is saying is intended to condemn those corinthians not not in any way he repeatedly reassured them of his deep deep affection how much he cared and loved for them and that he would continue in this life. And even after this life. said, I love you. I care for you. And I'm going to want that good for you. This life or even if I'm gone. Now that opens up a little question. Can those in heaven look down and see us? I don't know. I can't answer that. I can't open the Bible and answer that. But I do know this. Even if they can. The Bible says that one day God's going to wipe away all the tears. How that works, I'm not sure. All I know is that anything sad, hurtful, painful, God's going to wipe it away. You won't even remember it. But you will remember. The Bible says you will remember your family. 
Uh, you will remember your wife and your husband and your children or your grandparents or your aunts or your uncles or your cousins. You will remember them. You'll remember those that you wanted to the Lord. You will know those ones that you maybe even never even met, but they heard you on the radio. Or you wrote a book and they read it and you affected their life. You will know them. Isn't that amazing? I look forward to that day. I really do when I could see my family and forever be with my family. What all we'll be able to do in heaven, I do not know. Me and my father were talking about that. Will we be able to go fishing in heaven? I don't know. But I do know the Bible says it, that he will create a heaven, a new heaven and a new earth. So there's a chance. But whatever it is, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. So Paul's saying here, I love you in this life and I love you in the next. Amen. Verse number four. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulations. Paul says here, great is my boldness. He knows that I've loved them enough. I've cared for them enough. I'm not going to tiptoe around. I've showed them how much I love them. And my speech and my love is bold. May people say that about us. That may our love and may our speech be bold toward those that we care about, toward those that we love, toward those that are living in sin, toward those that are sinners, towards those that are in prison, to those that are our family, to those that won't even speak to us. Great is our love and our speech toward them. That's what Paul's saying here. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Don't you know Paul poured his heart out to them? Paul invested in them. And do, does it hurt? I'm just here to tell you, does it hurt? When you, when you pour your life out into somebody and you try to be a good example and you love them and you care for them, Maybe physically and spiritually, maybe in some financially, maybe all three together at one time. And then they fall off into sin or they do something that's so hurtful or, or they're not repenting of, of what they should be or they're not changing what they should. It, it can be hurtful. But I'm here to tell you, don't stop loving them. Don't stop caring about them. I'm not saying give them money for something they shouldn't be buying. No, sir, no, ma'am. But I'm saying don't turn your heart against them. When God still loves them. I don't mean be enable them. But I mean show loving kindness toward them. May your love be bold toward them. May your speech be bold toward them. That you know that even though it may hurt. Even though it feels like a trial tribulation. I do care about and I do love you. And I do want the best for you. And I want you to be right with God. I want you to walk in the light as he is in the light. As Paul is saying, Paul says, great is my boldness. But at the end of that verse, notice he says, I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulations. Even in the hurt, the pain, the suffering, the toil, the calamity, he says, I am joyful. Shouldn't we say the same? Shouldn't we want that in our own hearts when we see others? I don't mean look at their suffering and be happy, but no, I mean, maybe, just maybe, God is working on them. God is drawing them 
close to him. And maybe they're fighting it. Maybe they're trying to get away from it. Maybe they don't want to submit their will to God's will. And so they're doing all these these hurtful things that's hurting them and their family. Hey, listen to me. May your love be bold toward them as Jesus' love is bold toward us. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you've never been saved, the Bible says you need to repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work that Jesus did on the cross. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.